Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris. And uh, while we have the opportunity with this uh, rain going on outside, and before I go out and live my purpose outdoors, I took the opportunity to develop this podcast around how do you find your purpose? Well, if you Google it or go on the internet, you'll find a thousand different ways of finding your purpose. It's usually two words, but it doesn't have to be. It can be a sentence. You can go on artificial intelligence, the AI app, and find your purpose and ask it how to find your purpose. You can go back and look at uh, Oprah Winfrey, who talks about finding your purpose in her ways to look back at all the times you've been happy, successful, uh, on top of the world, thriving, and you can do it her way. And you just take all those words and times and see what they have in common, see if you can join them with a line. The way I did it... Um, was through discard forms and I discarded uh, my father who's now passed, rest his soul, and my mother who had passed a long time before and my stepmother who, uh, I don't know even if she's still alive, I doubt it. Once I'd done a discard on those three people, I sort of cleared the deck on any issues that might be clouding me from my purpose. And that's a really important thing because once to enunciate your purpose, to bring it on the table, to get it out and put it out there and find these two words that mean something to you, you need to make sure you're not doing it out of a uh, sense of reaction or a sense of... um, you know, the world is a bad place, I want to make it better, or any moral code, which is where Oprah and the rest of the gang get a little bit bent out of shape. Because they're dealing with the masses and they're dealing with a huge number of religious people who come to them for guidance but don't want to let go of the idea of right and wrong and good and bad, the way they can converse about things is very limited to pleasing the audience. Oprah is one of the most powerful women on earth, and she is so because she just knows how to please people. But she delivers a good message, and that is that we need to have a purpose. The purpose I'm talking about, the way um, I found mine, was this. I went back and remembered times when I was three or up to three to five years old. I can't tell you exactly the age I was. And I went to situations that I was in as a three to five year old, like, you know, at home, playing in the garden or whatever. And as an adult, not as a child, uh, who is he, but as an adult, I looked through my own eyes at the people around me and wondered to myself, if I could change anything, what would I change? Now, I remember so clearly and so vividly looking through my eyes at my dad, who was broken. My poor old dad was in grief. He cried a bit. He was grumpy a lot. He was sad. He worked really hard, skinned his knuckles every day on different chores that he was doing around the garden. But he was never what you would call happy. My dad was in grief. The woman that he had fallen in love with as a child and grown up knowing and married and had three children with died six months after her last baby was born. 
and after my dad came back from the Second World War, probably infatuated with her when he was away, and he came back all, you know, ripped and torn from all the death he'd seen and experienced and witnessed. He came back to a loving home and built a house, and my dad and my mum moved into that house, and not many weeks later, she died accidentally in a car accident. Now, the grief that he must have experienced is, is incredible, and that's giving you some backstory. But that's not what I saw when I looked through my little eyes. I didn't see the logic or rational or the story, the backstory. All I saw was a man that I loved, my dad, through the eyes of a child, and I thought, what would I love to change? What would I love to fix here? What would I love to mend? What would make things better? And I remember looking at my dad and saying, I would like to give him some peace. I would like to give him some happiness. And I can see it as an adult looking through my childhood eyes. I can see me looking at a man with a broken heart. And I guess as an adult, I labelled that a broken heart and I therefore labelled what I'd love to give him is an open heart. I'd love to open my dad's heart. That's my life purpose. And every single situation I've been in since that day, I've been attracted to places where I can open hearts. There was a time, in fact, when I used to do corporate um, keynotes, thinking that I could open the hearts of an audience. And now I know that what an audience would call an open-hearted experience, which is tears of sadness or um, feeling of tenderness and all these things, is not what I mean by open hearts. What I mean by open hearts is the authority figure that governs the people within the organisation, the leader, it's their heart. Because my dad's broken heart infected in and paralysed our family. And therefore I'm not necessarily looking to just open the world's heart. I'm looking to open the hearts of people who lead others because the infection that comes from a broken heart or a closed heart spreads throughout the organisation. I loved my keynotes and I did them and I still do them. But what I'm making people aware of is how to reject closed-hearted leadership, how to, how to push back, how to encourage, in another language, the leader to be an open-hearted human being. And what does that look like? Well, it looks like gratitude, it looks like peacefulness, it looks like calm, it looks like kindness, it looks like generosity, it looks like strength. It looks like so many words that I can surround the, my words open heart. If another person on the planet looked through the eyes of themselves when they were a child and said, I want to open the heart of my mum or my dad, they would mean completely different thing than what I mean when I say open heart. So it's really important to surround, to get a piece of paper and write your purpose in the middle, uh, whatever it be, your two words, and then surround those two words with what does that mean to you? What would it look like if my dad's heart opened when he was in grief?
ultimately, you know, words like for me that come up even in this podcast are things like he would smile, he would uh, be calm, he would become less uh, uh, angry, he would be more peaceful, he'd be friendly, uh, the look on his face would change, um, he'd touch more. So I, could, I have a piece of paper where I know what it looks like when I say the words open hearts as my purpose. So that's a little exercise you might like to try given that it's January 2023. That's a little exercise you might like to try and, and something you might like to talk to me about when you're doing your coaching. This is Chris. You have a beautiful day. Bye for now.